Hello and welcome everybody to the F1 show. I'm your host Stefan G and you're tuning in to episode 15, F1 in the news. Formula One confirms new Belgian Grand Prix deal. Formula One has confirmed it has sealed a new three-year deal with the Belgian Grand Prix to keep the Spa circuit event on the calendar at least until 2021. The current deal for the Belgian track, which hosted its first F1 race in 1950, was set to expire after this year's race. We are really pleased to have reached this agreement, which means that the Formula One Belgian Grand Prix will stay on the calendar for a further three years, said Chloe Target Adams, F1's director of promoters and business relations. Formula One was born in Europe, and the future of the sport needs to maintain its solid roots while expanding globally, and Spa-Francorchamps is part of this fantastic history. We are particularly pleased that the new agreement is an improvement on the previous one. For Formula 1 and for our partners, Spa Grand Prix, so that fans attending this race will enjoy a truly unforgettable experience. Pierre-Yves Jehollet, Minister for Economy of the Regional Wallonian Government, added, This is a good deal which makes sure that such an important event stays in our region, thus placing us on a global visibility platform. The regional and national economic benefit is significant. In 2017, we had a return on investment of 315%, and ticket sales increased by 7.5%. It is also a significant first for us as we have now concluded a successful and rewarding negotiation with Formula 1. The Paul Ricard Formula 1 circuit will feature two DRS zones this weekend for the return of the French Grand Prix. Although the long straights offer plenty of options for DRS, the FIA has elected to feature one on the start-finish straight and one in the first area of the long back straight. The back straight zone has a detection point 75 meters before turn 7, which is the left-hander onto the Mistral straight. The zone itself has an activation point 170 meters after the corner. The second zone has a detection point at turn 14, which is the penultimate corner and an activation point 150 meters after turn 15. Renault a perfect case study for Formula 1's big problems. Renault believes this ability to catch Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull is an important test for the future of Formula 1, which is split into two worlds at the moment. Since its works team returned for the 2016 season, Renault has made swift progress and has established itself as the fourth best team on the grid this season. However, it is a distant fourth behind F1's big three teams. Both its drivers were lapped in last weekend's Canadian Grand Prix, while Renault has less than half the points tally of third place Red Bull in the Constructors' Championship. Renault Sport F1 boss Cyril Abitebu said that his team was topping the second world, but we want to be part of the first world. I think the success or not of Renault will say a lot about the health of the sport, said Abitebu. If a car maker like Renault, who in my opinion has the right people and right infrastructure, is not capable of moving from the second world to the first world, it says a lot. If we can't do it, no one will be able to do it. Honda's decision was pretty clear-cut, says Horner. Red Bull team principal Christian Horner says that the decision to switch from Renault to Honda Power for 2019 was purely technical-driven and pretty clear-cut. Red Bull had insisted that it would wait for a second outing for Toro so with the updated Honda engine in France, but the team ultimately chose to follow a deadline set by Renault and made a call before the Paul Ricard event. Renault's serial beatable hinted today that Red Bull's decision was not made solely for technical reasons although Horner is adamant that it was. Horner admitted that the team had decided to make its call earlier than originally planned, 
after the pressure from Renault. We decided that based on the information we had from Montreal, our decision, driven by engineering, was pretty clear-cut in the end, said Homer. So we felt that other than things getting delayed or taking further time, and you know we're also very interested to have a decision as soon as possible to get their own plans in place, so therefore we decided that the timing was right to make that commitment, make that decision and hence the announcement today. He added, We've been in a privileged position to have a front row seat to monitor the progress of how Honda have been getting on in our sister team at Toro Rosso versus our own power supply. It's been great to see that progress, we've come to the conclusion that Honda are making good strides, good progress on both performance and reliability, and therefore we've made a difficult decision to change power units after 12 seasons to something new for 2019 onwards. Honor made it clear that he expects the team to be in a winning position with Honda and able to take on Ferrari and Mercedes. Our determination as a team is to keep closing the gap to our immediate competitors. We've been trying to do that over the last couple of years and of course, the power unit is a vital element within an F1 car and we're confident that Honda have the right infrastructure, the right resources, the right technical capacity and determination to help us in our quest to reduce the gap to the teams ahead of us, Ferrari and Mercedes. He acknowledged that having both Red Bull and Toro so aligned with Honda would create clear benefits for all concerned. I think the relationship with Toro Rosso has been extremely useful to Honda. Of course, Red Bull technology have an involvement with Toro Rosso through the supply of transmission and so on, so of course there are synergies there, and it only helps create further synergies between the two teams by having both powered by the same power unit. So yes, there are definite benefits from common supply, both for Honda and for Red Bull's activities in F1. Horner insisted that the team has not given up on achieving further success with Renault before the end of the season. We're very much focused on the 2018 World Championship. We have an outside chance in both championships. We've won two Grand Prix so far this year. We're third in the Constructors' Championship and there's a long way to go. So we're going to be pushing all the way to the finish and we're going to be relying on support from Renault to the end of the year, which I'm sure they will give unwaveringly as they have done during our previous 11 seasons together. Honda's tortured path to its Red Bull chance. Red Bull's decision to switch to Honda engines in Formula 1 next season is a reward for the Japanese manufacturer's perseverance, if nothing else. Red Bull's decision to switch to Honda engines in Formula 1 next season is just a reward for the Japanese manufacturer's perseverance on a sometimes tortured path. Honda returned to a Grand Prix racing in 2015 with McLaren, a disappointing reunion that promised so much but delivered so little over three seasons. It has enjoyed the opportunity of a recovery campaign with Toro Rosso conducted with far less expectation and pressure, but that reprieve will end with the responsibility of powering Red Bull, a team with championship expectations. The journey to earning the chance with Red Bull has been long and arduous for Honda. If it can make the lap the leap of facilitating a tire or challenge, or even winning races, it will represent a stunning turnaround. May 2013, Honda announces F1 return. Five years after withdrawing its works team, Honda is tempted back into F1 as an engine supplier by F1's V6 turbo hybrid regulations. It announces an agreement to supply McLaren with the engines in 2015, one year after rival engine builders Mercedes, Renault and Ferrari will debut the new power units. Longtime Honda associate Jensen Button says the new rules present the perfect opportunity to return to the pinnacle of motorsport to Honda, while McLaren boss Martin Whitmarsh says it gives McLaren a bedrock of being one of the big teams. November 2014, Alonso signs up. After a championship-less stint with Ferrari, two-time world champion Fernando Alonso agrees a return to walking to spearhead the second coming of McLaren Honda. As a Spaniard is unveiled alongside Button, McLaren chief Ron Dennis declares, I can safely say 
that we now have, by an order of magnitude, the best driver lineup of any current Formula 1. November 2014, the first signs of trouble in Abu Dhabi test. McLaren Honda's optimism suffers its first dent when the Honda test mule, the MP4-29H, suffers a nightmare debut in the postseason Abu Dhabi test. Built as a bonus opportunity for Honda's first engine to hit the track, the outing is ruined by the onset of electrical problems that severely limit its running. Stoffel van Dorn remains in the garage until there are less than 3 hours of testing left, then completes just two full installation laps. Further electrical problems confine the car to the garage on day 2 before one clean installation lap is managed in the afternoon, then a complete blackout causes the car to stop. February 2015, reality begins to dawn with testing horrors. Pre-season testing starts badly for McLaren Honda, but the camp is optimistic the reliability problems that plague the opening week of testing at Harris are solved. They aren't. McLaren continues to prop up the mileage charts over weeks 2 and 3, now at Barcelona, while Alonso suffers concussion in a testing crash and is ruled out of the opening round. McLaren Honda starts its comeback on the last row in Australia, but then finishes a twice-lapped 11th, while Alonso's replacement Kevin Magnussen fails to even make the start. August 2015 Button downgrades win target to merely points. McLaren fails to score a point in the first five races, with both cars retiring in Malaysia and Button a non-starter in Bahrain. Button scores the first points of McLaren Honda MK2 with 8 in Monaco, and later Alonso stars in Hungary with a final run to 5th. Despite that result, teammate Button revises his preseason ambition of winning a race. Even downgrading that to a podium is too lofty, and Button says scoring points is the end. September 2015 the GP2 engine incident. A furious Alonso launches a scathing attack throughout Honda's home race at Suzuka. The Spaniard decries Honda's product as a GP2 engine during the Grand Prix, then afterwards calls it tough, frustrating and embarrassing. He then adds, I think this is the only team that can challenge Mercedes in the near future. McLaren goes on to end one of its first ever season finishes with a paltry tally of 27 points and only finishes ahead of Marussia in the Constructors' Championship. March 2016, improved testing performance proves false dawn. Yusuke Hasegawa replaces Yasuhisa Arai as Honda's F1 program boss, which coincides with a clear step forward in reliability for 2016. Its preseason testing tally balloons in comparison, more than doubling its 12-day 380-lap 2015 haul to 780 laps over just 8 days. McLaren Honda's season still starts in underwhelming fashion with a pointless Australian Grand Prix. And though Stoffen van Dorn scores a debut point in Bahrain, replacing Alonso, Button is an early retiree with an engine problem. December 2016, McLaren pins blame on Honda. After Bahrain, a Honda problem is responsible for only one more retirement over the rest of the season, but performance is clearly lacking. Alonso produces a few rare highs by finishing 6th in Russia, 5th in Monaco and 5th in the US. McLaren ends the year declaring his car would have won races with a different engine. March 2017, Honda's overhaul proves flawed. McLaren reveals Honda has overhauled its engine's architecture and layout and the product is specifically redesigned in a bid to make bigger gains. It is the first major redesign opportunity afforded to Honda since F1 bosses scrapped the token system that had previously limited in-season development. However, it proves significantly flawed. The partnership languishes at the bottom of the lap charts again after myriad reliability problems throughout testing. McLaren's fate in Honda is rocked and this forms the beginning of the end of the partnership. August 2017, miserable runs put Honda on the brink. The season starts even worse than in 2015, with zero points from the opening seven races. Van Dorn fails to start in Bahrain and Alonso suffers the same fate in Azerbaijan. 
McLaren releases Alonso to contest the Indianapolis 500 instead of the Monaco Grand Prix. It's the best chance of a strong result given the competitiveness of the package. A lack of power and reliability, plus Honda missing upgrade targets in Canada, leads to McLaren expressing serious concerns about its supplier's capability in F1. A few races later, in Belgium, Honda admits it has not brought the complete upgrade it had hoped to have. September 2017, the McLaren nightmare ends. McLaren decides not to continue with Honda. A complicated swap deal ensues, with Toro Rosso assuming the Honda supply deal and McLaren taking its place as a Renault customer. McLaren and Honda declare it the best decision for both parties, and Honda sets a bold target of fighting for the top three with Toro Rosso in 2018. Later in the year, Hasegawa admits the divorce leaves him feeling relief. February 2018, the recovery begins with Toro Rosso. Hasegawa is succeeded by Toyoharu Tanabe, who becomes Honda's technical director. Life with Toro Rosso begins encouragingly with strong reliability and performance in pre-season testing. However, the Australian Grand Prix again proves a disappointment for Honda, as Pierre Gasly suffers an MGUH problem that prompts a major failure. April 2018, Honda's best results so far. Honda fits a new MGUH to both Toro Rosso's for Bahrain and Gasly rewards the manufacturer's newfound reliability with a stunning run to fourth. The result marks Honda's best results since returning to F1, eclipsing the fifth place finishes Alonso on the McLaren. It is followed by tough races in China and Azerbaijan as Honda's top speed limitations continue, but reimagining energy management helps boost form at subsequent races. June 2018, Red Bull gives its vote of confidence. After using Toro Rosso to evaluate Honda as a credible alternative to Renault, Red Bull announces it will switch to Honda engines for 2019. Honda states its initial target is to ensure Red Bull, a race-winning team in 2018, does not drop below its current performance. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the F1 Show, and as always, until next time my friends.